fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It is the pre-Friday celebration, one of the greatest days of the entire week. Welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, plus our live stream and our podcast, no matter where you may be watching or listening. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty. The way we do each and every day. Boy, what a big day. Big day in politics today. U.S. Supreme Court making another big announcement. Not the decision we wanted, but by golly, they made an announcement. We'll talk about that here in just a second. It's funny how things fall in line, too, because as we talk about a major Supreme Court case that came out and a decision being made by the U.S. Supreme Court, at the same time, our guest today at the bottom of the hour, totally unplanned, obviously didn't know the U.S. Supreme Court was going to do that today, totally unplanned, Robert Bork Jr., he is, uh, he'll be on the program today talking about his book from his father, Judge Robert Bork, on the great legal minds of American history. So that's kind of cool. We'll talk about that and get his thoughts on some of the current events uh, legally-wise as well here on the program. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. We have a lot I want to talk about. Obviously, this is a big case right now. We have Hollywood trying to step all over itself. We have millennials waking up, maybe, maybe. And the last year maybe really woke some of those up. So we'll try if we get an opportunity to smash all that into the program as much as we possibly can. I want to start off today, though, with something I found kind of intriguing today. And I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, do you ever go to the grocery store and you're, you walk through the gro- Now, this is just kind of an example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, do you ever go to the grocery store and you go to the produce section and you see like the container of the orange where it's the already peeled orange but it's in a plastic container and you just think wow how stupid are we that we buy an already peeled orange with a plastic container instead of just buying a fresh orange with the peel on it so you can peel that and therefore you can save on the plastic and you know just make it all natural how if only god had created some kind of casing to preserve this said orange instead of buying it in a plastic container (laughs) i don't understand that now that's not what i saw yesterday and that's i'm just using that as an example I walked into Walmart yesterday. I haven't been into Walmart in probably a couple of years. I don't necessarily, I don't know, I just never go. I just never have a reason to go. There's always other stores around me that I usually go to that are more convenient for me based on where I'm at. I go to a Walmart yesterday, though, because Little Voice of Reason, as you know, has been involved in coach pitch baseball, co-ed. And I'm helping out coaching with the team, and we're having fun, and they're doing relatively well, starting to learn the basics. Finally, finally, just a couple days ago at their game, they actually started running towards the ball instead of just standing and watching it roll past them. So that's good. We're at least seeing some activity. (laughs) Now we just have to teach them where to go on the ball field, depending on who's on base and what's going on. So that's the next step. But little voice of reason, she had been struggling more so, I think, than the rest of the team on where all the positions actually are. So... We had practice yesterday. We went to the practice field just a little bit early before the rest of the team. And I wanted to show her, like, all right, this is where the position is, and this is where you stand, and this is your area of coverage. If you're on first base, you're not running over to the pitcher's mound to try and grab a ball. You're standing on first base. If you're in shortstop, you have a whole realm of area to watch here. And so I'm showing her all of these different positions. Well, before I went to the practice, I figured it was a good idea maybe for us to just be able to have the opportunity to throw the ball around ourselves without 
the team. So I stopped at Walmart yesterday on the way home to pick up a couple baseballs because I figured whether we're at the ball field or whether we're at home in the backyard, either way, we can actually just throw the ball around and we can get her to do it. Now, I haven't bought a whole lot of equipment for her yet because I don't know how long she's going to want to play. She's still seven. She just turned seven and she's doing her first season. Her first season this year is only like eight games. It's only one month. So the end of the month, it's already done. Uh, so it's it's almost over already. So I don't know if she wants to continue it next year, then I'll start getting her some more equipment until then. I'm waiting to see whether she actually wants to do this long term or not, which is cool. But I figured, you know what? We'll grab a couple baseballs. I enjoy it anyway. So what the heck? So I go to the store and I go get a couple baseballs in their sporting section. And there's like one box where there's a few baseballs on there. Now, the baseballs are wrapped. And I don't quite understand that either. Maybe it's because people are weird about them getting dirty or something. I don't care. I kind of like uh, like my baseballs a little scruffed up. You get a little more uh, a little more contact, a little more friction on there. So I kind of enjoy that. But they have a wrapper on them, which I kind of chuckled at at first. All right, this is really stupid. They're just wasting plastic. But whatever. Okay, cool. I grab the plastic, and I'm reading it, and it's it, it has the certain grade on there. It has the professionalism, the certain design. I'm like, it's a baseball. How difficult can this possibly be? You have softballs, and you have baseballs. Now, the rapper said something on it that I chuckled at, and I laughed out loud in the store, and some old lady looked at me very funny, but I don't really care. It said, for recreational use only. And the first thing I thought of was, like, what are we, are we smoking pot here? What are we doing? Like, what's going on? Recreational use only. Now, obviously, it was for the fact that it's not supposed to be for an official sanctioned baseball game, which I don't know why. It's a baseball. It's the same size. It's the same weight. It's the same texture. It's the same. I don't apparently. I mean, I played baseball throughout. I've never understood the difference between a practice baseball and an official baseball. But apparently it's they had to put it on the wrapper. It can't be a professional, but you can't use it during an official game. It had to be for recreational use only. So uh, there we are. Apparently we have recreational balls and then we have professional balls. And I'm still trying to figure out which one's which. But nonetheless, it was a great experience. And I think she's having fun. We'll see if she continues it on. Later on down the road. All right, we have a lot to get to today. I want to get into this Obamacare issue because it sounds like it's going to be here to stay. It's been three cases now. Now, what they've done, and you got to remember how the legal system works. With Obamacare, with any Supreme Court issue, they're judging solely based on the case that's being presented. They're not saying the overall issue is right or the overall issue is wrong that a court case when you take it to the u.s supreme court it's specifically addressing the issue that the uh that the prosecutor or the plaintiff or whatever uh, that they're trying to make that specific point that one line in the case that one line in the constitution that one line in this bill whatever it is they're looking at that piece they're not looking at the overall general form but politicians and the american public the general american public don't quite grasp that concept because all the headlines in the media obamacare survives after supreme court rejects the latest republican challenge so we look and see what they said. Now, they voted 7-2 on this case, 7-2, to, to uphold Obamacare. Now, the challenge was really trying to say that it was unconstitutional under the Commerce Clause. Remember all the way back when, when we had Barack Obama in 2008, and we're like, well, this guy's really dumb. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He says he's a constitutional lawyer, but he really doesn't know what he's talking about. I have to admit, Republicans need to stop underestimating their opponents, Conservatives need to stop underestimating their opponents because Barack Obama was very smart. 
We didn't like him, and what he was smart on was mischievous and conniving and manipulative, but he was very smart because most progressives are narcissists. It's about them. They know better. They can take care of you more than you can yourself. They know how to handle your finances better than you can yourself. You're not an individual. You need to look up to us because we're superior than you. Progressives are narcissists. Just admit it, left-wingers. You know it. Narcissists. Because you think you know better than everybody else. And I'm not saying I know better than anybody else, but I'm not trying to dictate to people. I'm just trying to call out your crap and trying to say that you, you as a working class, you people driving home to work every day or trying to put food on your table, you know what's best for you and your individual life and your individual story. You know best. Stop looking to the government for your damn answers. That's not being narcissist. I think that's the anti-narcissist message, I guess. Nonetheless, Barack Obama was an extremely smart individual. He passed Obamacare under the Commerce Clause. Now, when Donald Trump challenged the uh, individual mandate under Obamacare, they said, you're right, that's unconstitutional, and they repealed the individual mandate. Now, this particular case that was taken to the Supreme Court tried to say that because that the individual mandate was repealed, that was the bread and butter for Obamacare or the American Health Act as a whole, and therefore it's unsustainable, and therefore the American Health Care Plan or the American Health Care Act or whatever it is, Obamacare, is unsustainable now because the major piece of it, including the individual mandate, has been repealed. Therefore, the entire thing should crumble and go away. That's what they were looking at in this case. And the Supreme Court, in a 7-2 to decision, including the two individuals that supported or that were nominated and put in there by Donald Trump, voted to uphold that particular piece of Obamacare. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right. But that's the particular little piece that they were looking at, saying that the rest of Obamacare is completely null and void because the one major piece of individual mandates were repealed, and therefore this whole thing should be gone, and they didn't do that. So now the Democrats are having an absolute heyday today because look at that. Affordable Care Act survives the latest Supreme Court challenge. It's here to stay. It's the third time in a row that the U.S. Supreme Court has upheld and supported Obamacare and the American Health Care Act in a 7-2 vote as well. So looking at some of the comments, Justice uh, Thomas, whatever the actions, uh, and by the way, he supported the dissent in earlier decisions. He supported voting against Obamacare in earlier decisions. This is what he had to say, according to the New York Times. Whatever the act's uh, history is in this court, we must assess the current suit on its own terms, meaning whatever specifically they're addressing in this case, not the overall issue like abortion or overall issue of guns or overall issue of Obamacare, but this particular item. And we have to remember that. I want to reemphasize that because Democrats are hyping this up. Media is hyping this up. Oh, look at that. It's here to stay. It's been defended three times. It's good to go. You're never going to get rid of it. It's now the, uh, uh, the health care system of the future. And that's not necessarily the case, but if the general public assumes that, then we're going to stop trying to challenge this in a constitutional manner because, well, we just given up. They've already supported this three times, right? But he says, whatever the act's history is in this court, we must assess the current suit on its own terms. And here, this is the continued quote from Justice Thomas, and here, there is a fundamental problem with the arguments advanced by the plaintiffs in attacking the act. They have not identified any unlawful action that has injured them. Today's results is thus not the consequence of the court once again re, uh, rescuing the act, but rather us in the particular claims that the plaintiffs chose to bring. It's not defending the entire act or the entire bill. 
It's looking at this one specific thing. Now, here's where I disagree with him, saying that they have not been able to identify any unlawful action that has injured them. Obviously, they can talk about the fact that now the federal government consumed a sixth of the entire U.S. economy and the U.S. GDP, and the fact that the U.S. economy or the U.S. government has also been able to take over a private entity to make it a public entity and now essentially make it a monopoly because you can undercut all the private companies, you can eventually rid all of them, and be the monopoly by a single-care payer system, which is completely unconstitutional. I don't care what you try to throw at me about the general welfare clause and all this other garbage in the Constitution. It doesn't work that way. You're not supposed to have a monopoly, including government-funded monopolies, because that's just not okay. But when we talk about Barack Obama being sleazy and actually being smart, he's very smart, using the Commerce Clause under this clause. And the way that they've made this decision over and over and over, the Affordable Care Act is constitutional. This is according to the National Federation of Independent Businesses, by the way. The Affordable Care Act is constitutional in part and unconstitutional in part. The individual mandate, which we have repealed already, cannot be upheld as an exercise of Congress's power under the Commerce Clause. That clause authorizes Congress to regulate interstate commerce, not order individuals to engage in it. So with that interpretation, Obamacare's okay under the Commerce Clause by taking over a sixth of the economy. It's okay for the government to regulate the commerce of interstate commerce based on health care coverage. You just can't force people to do it by individuals being forced to engage in it, but you can take over that industry. And that's how the Supreme Court so far has upheld this disastrous monstrosity that is Obamacare. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in 24 minutes past the hour, radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a pre-Friday celebration. Again, just like last week, I cannot believe we're almost at the end of the week already. Blows my mind. Fastest week, fastest hour of radio on radio. I don't care what you say or what other shows you listen to. By far the fastest hour. So with the Supreme Court defending or supporting at least Obamacare on this front, with their argument saying that because the individual mandate went away, then therefore the rest of it should go away as well because that was kind of the bread and butter. And if one part's unconstitutional, the rest must fall as well. That argument did not work in the Supreme Court, obviously, with even conservative judges voting 7-2 to two on this one to uphold Obamacare. What we Look, the only way we're ever going to get rid of it, which every case against us makes it more and more difficult, because it's been defended, it's been protected, it's been upheld over and over again, which means either we're not making the right arguments or we have a very, very activist court, that, which is part of it for sure, that is just upholding something that is not ideal for this nation because they're using the Commerce Clause and they're using the General Welfare Clause. And what we really need, if we're going to get rid of something like this, we really have to come to the idea that we need to have a constitutional expert to come in to talk about the purpose of said Commerce Clause and the purpose of said General Welfare Clause because the Welfare Clause does not mean welfare. It does not mean welfare of handing you a check and giving you social programs and giving you Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid, giving you health care. That's not what welfare meant in 1776 when we wrote this document. That's not what it did. What it meant was the welfare of the nation being the well-being of this nation had to be healthy, that we're in it for the well-being of this nation. Now, name one person that is better off on a social program than they would be actually in the workforce actually doing things. Andy, what about the disability? I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the program. I'm saying that they should be 90% funded by the state and we should be having statewide programs and that we shouldn't be trying to expand these programs to get more people on them because that is not the for the betterment and the well-being of this nation. That puts people at a cap. That puts people at a disability. That puts people at a victimized state. And that puts people at a limit on what they're allowed to excel as in this nation. And that's not for the well-being of this nation. So therefore, that's the argument we have to have. We need to have the argument of how we're doing better with a privatized healthcare system based on competition, based on private companies being able to cross state lines, based on competition of the market being able to set lower prices for higher quality, as opposed to a government that's using the, the Walmart strategy as I went to Walmart yesterday, the Walmart strategy of coming into a market, doing their plan A of lowballing every competitor in the market to drive out the small business and all their competitors, wait till they're all gone, and then jack up the price while you still have crappy quality. And if I'm not knocking anybody that goes to Walmart either. I'm just saying that's been their business strategy, and it works. They're big enough to do that. They lowball everybody, even if they lose money at first, until they're super cheap. Everybody's used to going there. Everybody else gets driven out, and then you jack up the price when everybody's kind of sucked in and kind of addicted to going to you because that's what they're used to doing. The bigger concern here, looking at it at the 40,000-foot view, uh, 40, view here, is looking at it and say, if they can do this with Obamacare and with our health care system that is over a sixth of the U.S. economy, that's how big healthcare industry is in this nation, a sixth of our GDP, what else can they do this with and use the quote-unquote commerce clause? Well, we're already seeing it. We're seeing infrastructure. We're seeing climate change and the Green New Deal initiatives. 
you know, and the, uh, the all the environmentalist garbage that's going on right now. We could see that with the tech industries. We could see that with manufacturing industries. Oh, we can do that better than you. Watch us. We're going to have our government factory. We're going to have our government uh, assembly companies. We're going to have our government manufacturing. We're going to have our government. You know what that leads to? Not sure if people are aware of this or not. That's what has led to fascism. That's what's led to the government controlling all of the economy, and it's under the Commerce Clause. Well, see, you know, it's, it's interstate commerce. goes between states. You transport everything between state lines. We regulate that stuff. We might as well just control it. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm being realistic. They've done it with the healthcare industry. They will do it with other industries until every industry is run and owned and distributed and manufactured by the federal government. That's called fascism. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's so crazy how fast the show actually goes. We have so much to talk about, so many things to get to, and yet we're halfway through already. Welcome back into the program, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. That's what we do. Trying to have more fun than sitting and watching Joe Biden try to walk up a flight of stairs. (laughs) Welcome back in. I want to get right to our guest. I'm super excited to have him on the program. Uh, We were talking about the Supreme Court case just a little bit ago. I want to shift gears from that a little bit, but still talk about legal minds. Uh, The great legal minds of this nation, as you know, we are a nation that was founded on deep thinkers, philosophical thinkers. And when it comes to the legal system, it's supposed to be the, the judicial branch of our federal government. It's supposed to be the legal experts, the ones that interpret the Constitution or the, the, the ones that, that, that settle civil suits, the ones that actually take care of that because we turn to the courts. Now, I think we've turned to the courts a little bit too much over the years. We've kind of become dependent on them a little bit too much. And in many cases, we've seen parts of the court system go to more of an activist stance as opposed to the uh, the stance that they're supposed to be, which is nonpartisan and just non-biased and just making a decision based on what the law actually says. And uh, where did we get to that point and seeing the great legal minds that have actually uh, crafted this nation, which, which I think is extremely fascinating. I love learning about history. I love learning about the legal side of certain things, even though I am one of the most like legal illiterate guys, I think, probably out there. So to have on here and to talk about some more of that, I'm super excited. He is 
Uh, it's appearing on behalf of his father with the updated version of his book, The Antitrust Paradox by Judge Robert Bork. It's Robert Bork Jr. on the program here with us. Bob, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate very much you coming on the program. Very fascinating topic for sure. I mean, we have such a long history in this nation with some great legal experts and great legal minds that have really crafted the way this nation operates, don't we? Absolutely. And uh, yes, a nation built uh, on on the rule of law. And uh, that's what we're trying to defend right now by re-releasing my father's first book, the, the one he wrote in 1978, published in 78, actually started writing it in the 60s, uh, about antitrust law. Now, that may make some people's eyes uh, glaze over, but what we're talking about is the rules by which companies are allowed to compete in this country and compete not to protect uh, competitors, but to protect uh, competition, to protect the consumer, Mm. uh, which was my father's breakthrough in this book in 1978. He said that our antitrust regime isn't working. It's actually, when enforced, uh, raising prices and protecting inefficient companies. Uh, And so he came up with this idea in this book uh, of uh, the consumer welfare standard, that that was what the the original uh, authors in the uh, 19th century, when they wrote the antitrust laws, uh, what they were trying to do. So... Uh, he wrote it in 78. The Supreme Court amazingly uh, basically codified it in a case in 1979. It was some people in this case brought his ideas to their, their filing, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's right. That's how we ought to do it. And it's been essentially the antitrust regime for the last 43 years. You know, when my father was nominated to the Supreme Court, all the Dems were jumping up and down, screaming and yelling that he was out of the mainstream. <laughs> well, in this case, he invented the mainstream, and they're out of the mainstream. He invented, uh, you know, by his uh, intellect and his uh, his uh, research, and actually he taught himself calculus to do this book, uh, he uh, invented the consumer welfare standard, and the courts adopted it. So uh, now we find ourselves in the same place that he thought the country was 50 years ago. Yeah. We find ourselves surrounded by people who are trying to tear down uh, and weaponize antitrust uh, for essentially socialist reasons, uh, and this, and, and and on top of that, for sort of woke uh, social justice reasons. Sure. So it's a good book to read again now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I can't wait to read something like this. Talk about the history of this, and when your dad wrote this, and what kind of what was happening back then, and when all this, be, as you mentioned, the you know 19th century, the mid 1800s, when all this first began. What was going on? How were companies using the system to abuse it, to take advantage of the consumer and take advantage of the competition? And what was in place originally to try and stop this from actually happening that didn't end up working? Sure, sure. Well, the antitrust laws, and there are basically three of them, uh, the Sherman Act, the Clayton Act, and um, another one escapes my mind at the moment, uh, they were written to deal with antitrust. Now, what does that mean? Well, back in those days, a lot of these big companies were set up as trusts. So a law meant to uh, protect us from them would be antitrust, and that's how the name came about. But now I think we can think of it more in terms of competition. Uh, you know, Google is not a trust. Uh, AT&T uh, or Ma Bell was not a trust. Sure. Uh, so anyway, so these laws were uh, came into being 
they began to be abused, really, by members of the Supreme Court, Justice Brandeis, uh, back in the 50s and uh, or, uh, earlier, and uh, Justice uh, Douglas, you know, they, they just basically thought anything big was bad. Uh, and I suppose there are circumstances under which big things can be bad. But the question is, are they serving the welfare of consumers? Uh, and so, you know, you had, for example, Ma Bell got broken up. It was a government-sanctioned um, monopoly, and you know, it was charging monopoly prices for phone service. Uh, and so it got broken up, and now we have all these companies, Verizon and, and others, uh, out there, uh, you know, just competing. Sure. But what we have now is these big tech companies who aren't like that. They are offering their services for free. And and actually, um, you know, the more people use them, the more valuable they become as services because of something called a network effect. Right. Uh, so, you know, anyway, my point in, in re-releasing the book, uh, republishing the book, was to point out that we don't necessarily want to be using antitrust to bust up companies like this if we perceive a problem. There are other ways to go. Uh, you know, there's so many Republicans now who are mad about the big tech companies and censorship, but that's not the purpose of the antitrust laws. So we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, what are yeah, and I wanted to ask you what are some of the options that we have because you're right, big tech now almost has become a way of life. Some have talked about even lumping it into as a utility because you need Wi-Fi, you need high-speed internet to be able to operate in many uh, cases for for work or for even you know the Mid-America region here with agriculture and with farmers with that sort of thing. Uh, and then you have the censorship issues where they're really dictating on what type of platform you're allowed to have. What can be done here, and would that change if they do end up being considered a quote-unquote utility down the road? Well, I think if they, first of all, I don't think they are utilities, and uh, and you know they are private companies offering a service, and people think you know we should stop looking at time standing still as a snapshot. Remember, Google, what what did Google replace? Yahoo. You know, I mean, Yahoo, Yahoo got wiped out. Uh, and what did Facebook replace? My, my, MySpace. There are, other, there are other competitors already coming into the marketplace. On Twitter, you have Parler and others. Uh, I just read a story. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, but there's a, a new competitor to Facebook that already has 12 million subscribers. Well, that's small compared to Facebook, but, you know, it's growing. Uh, you're going to see... As time goes on, more and more competition. Nothing is fixed in stone here. Sure. So we shouldn't panic and start breaking things up um, because that's really that's a death penalty. And frankly, it's going to be a penalty that you and I, as consumers of these services, will feel. What happens if they bust up Google? Well, then there'll be you know you'll have to maybe you'll have to pay to use Google Maps. Yeah. You have to go to a, certainly a different website. Uh, maybe you'll have to pay. You know, to uh, you know, buy books on Amazon, uh, separate from you know kitchen you know kitchen supplies or food or whatever. They'll they'll make it into so many services, so many different companies that it'll be inconvenient and won't function as well. It's so, a great point. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
We're talking well, with Robert. Well, Bork, yeah, we're talking with Robert Bork Jr. Borkgroup.com is the website if you want to go and check. We got just about a minute left or so here, so I, I want to kind of wrap it up with this one uh, with with Amazon maybe buying out big things and Amazon and Google kind of merging and making their uh, their whatever it is that they offer. I mean, kind of merging those two. Is that something that we should be concerned about with some of the big tech companies that are already there that are major dominance in the market then starting to merge? Is that when well, we should be concerned? I, I, don't, I, I don't think Amazon and Google are going to merge. Uh, but I, I understand the concern about these companies buying what are perceived to be competitors, you know, yeah. Facebook buying Instagram and stuff like that. Well, thing, we were in a different market today where – People are you know, these companies are buying things not to, not to prevent competition but to boost them. They are uh, the, these companies have become the venture capitalists of the 21st century. So you know Instagram didn't jump into, up and down, and scream and yell because they got bought. They now are able to provide uh, service to more people um, because of that acquisition. I, I, I you know I, all of these things should be looked at when they're proposed. Yeah, but I don't see it as a problem. By the way, just if I could. Borkgroup.com uh, is my my other business. The thing I do to earn the earn the money to put the book out. But the, uh, the when I'm I'm advocating on antitrust now, we have something called the Antitrust Education Project.org, and you should go there and you can see all of our writings and. Uh, and uh, and op-eds and things there. I love it. It's a fascinating topic. It's something I don't know much about, so I'm, I'm so glad you came on to kind of start breaking this down because it's something I think we need to be aware of as we move forward. And as you said, with the fluidity of technology and with things going on, the antitrust paradox is the book, Bob Bork Jr. I appreciate the time very much, my friend. Let's get you back on the show again real soon. Please. I'd love to. Absolutely. Great conversation. We'll do that again. I love learning about some of that. Uh, A gap in my mind for sure on trying to understand some of that. We'll get him back on and talk some more about that later. Until then, we'll wrap up the show. One more segment left here on The Voice Reason for a pre-Friday celebration. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. Last segment goes by, again, way too fast. Thanks again to Robert Bork Jr. coming on the program. Interesting conversation. Again, I'll be the first to admit that that's a topic I know very little about, so I'm so glad he was able to come on and kind of explain a little bit. And as we, I've told you before, it kind of fits in with everything that we mentioned on this show, even when we don't know what we're talking about. As we mentioned... The topical issues may change, the current events may change, but the principles, the foundational issue always remains the same. We have our pillars of conservatism, life, liberty, private, property. We have our Constitution. We have our Bill of Rights. We have the way we work as a nation. We have these fundamental values. We have this thing called, as he mentioned right off the bat, the rule of law. If nobody knows what the rule of law is, I, I remember I was in my junior year of high school. I took my first government class. I loved it. I was at the, Before that time, I was planning on going to college for science, for astronomy, and for physics. I love that stuff. I have a major, like, big old telescope. It's awesome. I was going to school. Originally, was going to go to college for physics and astronomy. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to become a NASA scientist and actually study the stars. That was my goal. Until I got my junior year of high school and I took a government class and I said, wow, arguing politics is way easier than learning physics. That's <laughs> that's when I did the major life change and I got into politics and I started arguing and started debating uh, because I really enjoyed that. But I never learned the legal stuff a whole lot. But what I did learn was that you have these foundations. You have your foundation that we need to preserve. We have our Bill of Rights. We have our Constitution. We have the rule of law. And if you don't know what the rule of law is, it's a fascinating topic. In that government class, we actually got to do a presentation, and it was it was the We the People competition. I don't know if you've ever remembered this. It was in they do it in high schools all over the country. I was part of it. My brother was part of it. My brother actually, their team won and got to travel to Europe or something. But it was the We We the People competitions across these states to where you have a topic and you present on it, kind of like a legal presentation to it, and then you move on up the, and you compete against others and their presentations. We didn't do very well, but we had fun with it for sure. And one of our topics was the rule of law, meaning that we're just a nation that actually lives by the documents that we write down, that we write things on a, on a piece of paper and that we sign it and say we will abide by these rules, these limitations, these quote-unquote boxes of what we're allowed to do and not allowed to do, and these are the rules for it, and we abide by that. And we have the right to punish people if they break said rules. If you uh, trespass on someone's life, liberty, and private property. And no matter what the issue is, as we progress through society, as technology advances, as we have new issues pop up, it comes back down to the same fundamental principles that we have, that same foundation that we've had throughout this entire existence as the United States of America, which is the right to life, liberty, and private property. And along with the other Bill of Rights as well, the right to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to express our oneself, freedom of the Second Amendment, freedom to unreasonable searches and seizures. So no matter what issue pops up, 
you have the right under those, and it breaks down to that. So right now with big tech, while we talk about antitrust laws, which I know nothing about with antitrust laws, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about businesses taking advantage of the consumers in the 1800s. Hey, we're going to collude together. We're just going to reach all of our prices together so that way we're still competing, but that way everybody can get to profits here. It's going to be great. Like You can't do that. That's illegal. It was illegal then. It's illegal now. And whether it's a railroad company doing it, charging tickets for a railroad uh, ride, or whether it's actually a big tech industry with what you have to buy or what you're ordering online or what you're allowed to view on social media, that all of these things are still the same and they come back down to the same fundamental principles. The same thing goes for Obamacare, which is why it's so frustrating when we see the Supreme Court go after this issue over and over again and they defend it over and over again. Now, again, they're only defending the certain part that was presented to them. They're not looking at the issue as a whole, but we need to have a case about the issue as a whole because this is going to lead to disaster with saying yes government under the commerce clause somehow we've limited the government to only look at x y and z for foreign affairs for military and defense for interstate commerce and all those really are the three main topics for the federal government but under those it's so vague that you can just throw any anything into it you can have health care you can have manufacturing you can have control of this part of the economy that part of the you can just control everything why not? Even though we're supposed to be a limited federal government body as the United States, the sovereignty of the states remains, but yet the federal government has open reign to do whatever they want to. I don't buy it. I don't like it. But that's the way the Supreme Court ruled today, and it's frustrating, so we'll continue the battle. Don't be distraught. We got this. We just have to fight a little bit harder and try just a different approach. As they do on the other side of the aisle trying to get rid of your guns by trying to attack at every angle, that's how we attack their agenda, by every single angle and chipping away at it little by little until the progressive statues crumble before our eyes. And we'll do it. Until then, back at it tomorrow for The Voice Reason. To wrap up your week, I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason. Everybody have a wonderful Thursday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.